Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Twenty-three-year-old Ernesto Guevara wandered through the slums of Caracas. It was after dark, and the only thing that brought him to a stop was the stare of a mysterious drifter. He had traveled nearly 9,000 miles over the past eight months and seen nearly all of South America. But if there is any singular moment in which the young medical student Ernesto Guevara transformed into the violent revolutionary Che, it happened here, in the Venezuelan barrio. Che Guevara was not the first or last person to be shaped by the classic combination of wheels and a wandering spirit, also known as a road trip. Bertha Benz proved the world's very first car actually worked with a road trip. Author Jack Kerouac famously found himself on the road. Even our very own James Pumphrey lost his entire family on their grueling trek down the Oregon Trail. Nevertheless, road trips have always been influential on the people who take them. But perhaps no road trip has ever been more influential on history than Ernesto Guevara's, which radicalized him into a fighter for the Latin American people and eventually led him to enlist with Fidel Castro's Cuban revolutionaries. Today on Pass Gas, we're following Ernesto and his two traveling companions, a young Argentinian doctor specializing in leprosy and an old Norton motorcycle specializing in crashes as they venture across South America. The trip started in Argentina, took them up through Chile, Peru, Colombia, and Venezuela, and continued all the way to Revolución. This is past gas. My family did not die on the Oregon Trail. Most of them are still, I guess how, it depends on how long you look at it. Most of everybody's family's dead. Yeah. Across a long enough timeline. That's kind of sad, man. I miss my my grandparents, that's for sure. I have a great-great-grandfather who died in his backyard. He was a cop in Germany, and he died in his backyard from a stray bullet. Whoa. This is like 1880s. Oh, okay. So before, you know. Yeah. A stray bullet? Yeah. Like from just like someone goofing off or like from like a fight? Uh, from goofing off, I think. Wow. Dang. In 1880, that must have not been a bullet, but just like a ball of lead, you know? Yeah. A musket ball. No, they had repeating rifles oh, that's true. by then, I think. No, you're right. That was like, uh, if you think about it, it's like um, the Wild West. I forgot you've been watching a lot of uh, Clint Eastwood movies because you you could not wait to see Cry Macho in theaters. <laughs> Listen, I love toxic masculinity. <laughs> but if I'm going to cry, I'm going to make sure everyone knows that I'm tough about it. <laughs> Can you do a macho cry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I 
I just watched the Vice documentary on uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. And uh, was it good? It's great. Um, not a great series. Pretty fun series. I'm really into wrestling right now because I'm like kind of like really thinking about you know building out Donut and building out our cast. Like we're hiring some new hosts. Joe's starting to show up in videos more and more. So I, I'm just I really got this like you know Vince McMahon. I think by all accounts is a terrible person, but has done something pretty incredible. <laughs> um, and I think like wrestling is a huge huge inspiration for uh <laughs> donut in the next couple of years like uh i want nolan to ho- like in high low like i'm a heel you're like triple h uh, i'd like to think i'm more like rick flair or like razor <laughs> razor ramon is my favorite probably who does the suck it suck it one? Oh, that's the generation x oh yeah my my entire uh wrestling like reference era is like 1997 yeah me too it's like 95 through like 98 probably i went to one wwf match i think it had been wwe by then but uh it, it was right when laser pointers became really like cheap uh-huh. and i had just heard don't like my mom was like don't flash it in your eye and so all i could not enjoy the match because all these laser pointers were like going all around this arena and i was like convinced one of them was going to hit me in the <laughs> eye and just burn my eye out right then i think i'm gonna <laughs> really um i don't think we're there yet right now but i do want to create uh and this is a, a special treat for past gas listeners you guys are a, a fun smaller collection of donut fans but like i want to make a feud that people believe that yeah. at donut like it's like what happened like why are pumphrey and nolan why do they hate each other <laughs> what happened yeah yeah i like it like I, yeah like i like come and like stone cold stun nolan during wheelhouse <laughs> yeah you are you are a stone cold Thanks, you are man. the stone cold of of donut damn dude <laughs> i just came <laughs> <laughs> well, we, it, the best part is we already have a mankind at the office. Yeah, um, Nolan. No, the real mankind, <laughs> Mike. Oh yeah, he looks like mankind. Yeah, our head of yeah. production looks a lot like Mick Foley now. <laughs> no, Nolan. Nolan pointed out that Scotty Kilmer is the uh, Mick Foley <laughs> of Cars. Why? Just he's <laughs> he's like legitimately insane. <laughs> You know he has like a PhD or something. Scotty Kilmer. Mankind. Oh no, Mankind. So does the lead singer of uh, Pennywise and The Offspring. Hell yeah, bro! Him hits differently now. Yeah, it's about climate change. <laughs> <laughs> That's his dissertation. <laughs> yeah, bro, him is about uh, wildfires, and he wrote it like twenty-five years ago. It's. Let's uh, let's get into it, guys. Um, this should be a pretty interesting one. I'm not I'm not super well versed on uh, South American history or revolutions. Usually we shoot this show. Usually we record this show on Fridays, first thing in the morning. Right now it is Monday and it's the last thing we're going to do because Joe and I both got sick last week. Not our fault. Not our fault. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Doth protest. We weren't drinking the turlet water on a dare. <laughs> we, we, uh, <laughs> All right. If the energy is weird, it's our fault. It's because it's different. Yeah, but I feel, I'm feeling good. Usually it's in the morning, like first thing after we wake up. It's like, oh, we got to talk about cars? Okay. Yeah, uh, Nolan now, and I have already shot a D-list together. We broke into a car. Nolan. Yeah. I don't want to get too much into it. Joe, no follow-up questions. Hard rule right now. Uh, <laughs> you can ask him later because we haven't even started talking about the subject of the podcast. But uh, Nolan muscled a boot off of a car Whoa. with his man <laughs> arms. It's his MMA training. Yeah. So if you have a bunch of uh, parking tickets, especially in LA, hit up Nolan because apparently he can just muscle a boot off of a car. <laughs> just ripping steel in half. He seriously cool. Bruce Bannered it. That was fun. That's the secret, Tony. I'm always Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> I st- I'm trying to get this 
I'm trying to get people to start calling Job Bruce Spanner. That's pretty good. All right. That's really good. Let's do it. Ernesto Guevara was born on June 14th, 1928, into an upper-class Argentine family with Spanish and Irish ancestry. Needless to say, he was hot. Uh, so I guess you could say if his um, family owned a restaurant, it would be Tapas the Morning too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, much like his later life, his childhood was filled with contradictions. His father liked to say that Ernesto's veins flowed with the blood of the Irish rebels, but he was raised in wealth and comfort. He was crippled by asthma attacks. So was I, but also... He was an excellent athlete. This sounds just like you. Dude, this is basically me. (laughs) Jay Guevara. (laughs) (laughs) However, he showed an early affinity for helping others, particularly the poor. And in 1948, Ernesto entered the University of Buenos Aires to study medicine. Side note, he didn't start going by Che until much later in life. This whole time, Ernesto is Che. We're talking about Che. Che is actually a regional nickname for Argentinians, kind of like Hoosiers are from Indiana um, or Cobras are from Kentucky. (laughs) And it's also a local filler word used like Canadians use the word A. Che, A, Cobra, Hoosier. You guys got it. So it didn't become his nickname until after he moved to Guatemala, at which point people were like, hey, use this word a lot. And also... It means you're from Argentina. So we're just going to call you that now. (laughs) Young Ernesto was torn between his commitment to med school and a hunger to explore the world. This led him to (laughs) pause his studies for two long journeys across South America. The first came in 1950 when he installed a small motor made by the Italian company Meccanica Gorelli on a bicycle and rode it nearly 2,800 miles through the desert hills of northern Argentina. Wow. That's so far. On a little bike. How big is America? How far across is America? 3,000 miles. Dude, so that's riding cross country basically on those like uh, Zoos bikes that we got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Shout out to Zoos. Shout out to Zoos. Thanks for the bikes. This first trip informed a lot of Ernesto's later travels. It was the first time he kept a diary. It was also when he discovered that he could get pretty far simply by relying on the kindness of strangers, particularly at hospitals and police stations. Hmm. Those are two of the worst places in America. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And it landed him in Cordoba, Argentina, where he spent long hours chatting with his friend Alberto Granada, who ran the pharmacy at a local leprosy hospital. I know this city well from Google Maps. Yeah? Uh, Yeah. Because you play a... GeoGuessr. It's pretty easy to spot Cordoba. Why? Just from the streets. Um, the topography and the uh, street signs, basically. I don't know. Is this where Matt Cordova is from? No, his name originates from, uh, I think he's Romanian. What? Mm. Cor- Cordova is how it's pronounced, actually. But people call him Dova. The mall in Pensacola, Florida, where my mom lives, don't try and find her, is, uh, <laughs> is named Cordova. Oh. Uh, he also started to see the poverty faced by many across the continent, particularly among native tribes. And he decided that despite his passion for travel, he was uninterested in tourist stops. Instead, he found that a more interesting way to understand a country was by touring its hospitals and getting to know its patients. Hmm. That's a pretty novel idea. Whoa. Yeah, that's actually kind of I think cool. it's gross. No, I think it's great. It's, I mean, as far as origin stories go, this guy's a saint. After his first trip, Ernesto returned to school in Buenos Aires, but he kept one foot on the road by working part-time as a nurse on ships that took him through Brazil, Venezuela, and Trinidad. He also picked up some work as a commercial model. Mm, multifaceted. Mm. Damn, dude, it's like, oh, I'm, I, like, help the poor and the sick, but also, like, I'm a model and I ride motorcycles. Yeah. It's like, you have a face that would look great on a shirt. Maybe with a star? <laughs> I don't know. A photo from his bike trip was published by Mechanica Gorelli in a sports magazine as proof of their Micron Motors 
solidez y eficiencia, or strength and efficiency. Wow. It wasn't long before travel took priority over school again. In January of 1952, Ernesto decided to take a year off from his studies for a trip he and his friend Granada had talked about for years, traveling the full length of South America on a motorcycle. Doing a wheelie. <laughs> Ernesto and Alberto soon set off from Buenos Aires, riding two up on Alberto's 1939 Norton Model 18 motorcycle, nicknamed La Poderosa, a.k.a. The Powerful. Its 500cc motorcycle engine was among the most advanced ever built when it was first introduced in 1923. That's a big motor for 1923. That's a big old honker, yeah. I mean, it's not like a... Yeah, I mean, for the time, that's a big, yeah, big motor. The Model 18 even took wins at the Isle of Man in 1924 and 1926. If you haven't listened to our episode on the Isle of Man, Isle of Man is a uh, small isle... In the Irish Sea. Correct. And they race motorcycles on it. And if you win, that's a pretty big deal. But it's also very, very dangerous. Anyway, this particular machine's nickname was definitely ironic. It was old, hard to ride, and broke down frequently. It was technically also named La Poderosa 2 because Granada's first bike with that name died. So it didn't inspire much confidence. I think it was more of an ironic nickname. Yeah, like when big, strong guys are named Tiny. I have a friend named Tiny, and he's like the biggest dude I know. <laughs> I think they like that, big guys. Every once in a while, I wish that I was like slight. What do you mean? Yeah, you know, like I'm like big. Like I'm a big dude. Like I'm six, six three and a half. I found out this weekend. Cool. Uh, but thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like broad and wide and beefy and barrel chested. And sometimes I wish I was like shaped like Adam Levine, or like Jeremiah. Like have like Woody from Toy Story proportions. No, Jeremiah's too tall. Sometimes I wish I was, like, little. Oh, little. So your girlfriend could pick you up? Yeah, so my girlfriend could pick me up, or so I could hide. You know how hard it is for a guy <laughs> like me to hide? <laughs> I can't. It's not an option. It's not an option for me. I don't hide. I have to fight. Something I think is cool about our company, like... I liked all the sizes we are because, like, anytime someone visits us, everyone's always like, you guys are so much taller than I thought. Yeah, you guys are all huge. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, the dudes from Fitment Industries were, like, blown away. Because we also, like, I think I was the first one to talk to them, and Nolan came out, and he's bigger than me. And James <laughs> comes out, and he's bigger than Nolan. Then Jeremiah walks out, and it's like, you know, what the is going on yeah we call that the reverse russian doll uh <laughs> tactic where yeah. you start with the littlest guy that should actually be our, like our new protocol like yeah, we, yeah small with the little <laughs> yeah. yeah we start with max <laughs> joe yeah that's actually i think that'd be so funny dude we'll get back to more past guests but right now a word from our sponsors big thanks to ebay for sponsoring this episode of past gas passion drive Patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. We're talking superchargers, turbos, exhaust kits, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need for the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The two young doctors hope to see the entire continent and eventually spend a few weeks volunteering at a leper colony on the banks of the Amazon River in Peru. Whoa. Yuck. (laughs) (laughs) But they told family and friends only that they were going to Chile to save face just in case. That may have also helped Ernesto calm his parents. He didn't want him to go on the trip at all and made the 29-year-old Alberto promise to bring their son back to complete his studies. The first leg of the trip took the pair from Ernesto's uncle's ranch near Buenos Aires to visit his girlfriend Chichina at a beach resort in Miramar. Quote, the first 1,200 kilometers are apparently the easiest, though they've already given us a healthy respect for the distances, wrote Ernesto in his diary, which was eventually published as his memoir called The Motorcycle Diaries 25 Years After His Death. Che and Alberto, we're going to call him Che now, had another companion for this part of the journey, a dog named Comeback, who was meant to be a present for Che's lady friend. The dog was a fitting mascot for the long and difficult journey ahead, as it survived two falls off the motorcycle, persistent diarrhea, (laughs) and even getting trampled by a horse before being safely delivered to its new owner. (laughs) Or... (laughs) I mean, it's like like being at Riot Fest, basically. The dog is just like... (laughs) pooping yeah liquid and you like hand it to your girlfriend like hey i got this for you <laughs> all right now i'm gonna get on the back of this motorcycle and ride away with my buddy yeah th- thank thank me later however the dog's suffering was nothing compared to Guevara's. he was plagued by asthma and contracted the flu in their time in the humid beach town then, adding insult to injury, he got dumped by Chichina on his way out of town. I wonder why. Yeah, he gave her a poopy dog, and you were sick the whole time. That's crazy. Here, I got you a dog. Still works. <laughs> <laughs> Comeback is a sick name for a dog, though. Yeah. Um, Birdie, my uh, prize golden doodle. <laughs> She has destroyed, like, every toy we've ever bought her. <laughs> yeah. Um, to the point where we, like, find tough toys. Like, we get her, like, pit bull toys. But there's this one stuffed gorilla that, like, she's had since we got her. And his name is Gary. Oh. If she, like, starts biting us or playing too hard with us, I'll be like, where's Gary. And she'll, like, go and, like, find Gary, like, even if Gary's outside. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's really cute. She's really smart. So we've decided recently that we're going to get another puppy. Oh. And we're going to name him Gary. Oh. To with her. Nice. Because she'll be like, huh, what? <laughs> like, Gary's alive now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, if you got, like, an, another small dog, but it was, like, I'm assuming this Gary... It's like a gray or black gorilla. He's brown. Brown. Oh, it's like another brown dog. Okay. Yes. I'm going to get her twin. Okay. But a baby one. Oh. And name him Gary. And then take away the, the toy. Yeah. Wow. You're just gaslighting this dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. <laughs> it was Casey's idea. She's a psycho, man. It's going to be great. Well, I'm, just, I'm not. I'm staying away from, from Casey. After leaving behind the comfortable hospitality provided by family members and ex-lovers, and poo-poo riddled dogs, <laughs> travel got a little more rough, no pun intended, for Ernesto <laughs> and Alberto. Despite their well-to-do backgrounds, neither had much money to spend. Che was a student and Alberto had quit his job to travel. So, like during Che's first trip, they often relied on hospitals and police stations to put them up. This is so foreign to me. Yeah. This worked in part because they began introducing themselves as internationally renowned leprosy experts who needed a way stop between medical observations. 
When there was no town to stop it, and they used a similar story with ranchers and farm laborers who would lend them a barn to sleep in and a cup of mate, a common Argentine drink. Apparently, none of the folks who believed this story ever got a look at La Poderosa because there is no way that this bike was fit to carry an internationally renowned expert on anything except for maybe the world's greatest survivor of high-speed impacts. As Che described it, quote, The motorbike is very hard to control. With extra weight on a rack behind the center of gravity tending to lift the front wheels, and the slightest lapse in concentration sends us flying. Sounds like low bike. Yeah. He recalled Alberto (laughs) crashing six times in one day (laughs) in the sand dunes near Madanos, Argentina. After the sixth, Che finally had enough and took over driving, then immediately drove them into, quote, the worst crash of the whole trip, (laughs) which left him with a burn on his foot that didn't heal for months. And this was all while the roads were still paved. As they approached the Chilean border, they were forced onto dirt roads and crashed nine times during their first day without pavement. Their constant accidents caused great damage to the bike. Among the problems, they were forced to repair a cracked frame, a cracked steering column, a smashed gearbox. To keep the bike running, Alberto frequently turned to his favorite spare part, wire. His motto, which he attributed to Argentine race car driver Oscar Galvez, was, when a piece of wire can replace a screw, give me the wire. It's safer. I think that's like uh, zip ties. Yeah. Che, Alberto, and La Poderosa eventually puttered their way into western Argentina, separated from Chile only by the 200 square miles of Nahuel Huape Lake. A couple interesting facts. This lake is supposedly the home of the Loch Ness monstrous creature called Nahuelito. Ooh. Also, Adolf Hitler is rumored to have a lakeside house here where some conspiracy theorists think he sincerely fled after World War II. Uh, Boys of Brazil. A decent movie that my dad really liked too much. <laughs> <laughs> For Che and Alberto, it was simply a big puddle in their way. So they made the very sensible decision to put their bike on a boat. And on February 14th, a.k.a. Lover's Day, 1952, they ferried across the water into Chile. It was not too long after that when La Ponderosa finally met La Muerta. La Muerta. Che was driving with Alberto, uh, riding two up, nuts to butts, when they rounded a tight curve at speed straight into a pack of cows. <laughs> oh, my God. As Guevara tried to slow down, a screw came off the back brake. Luckily, he also had a handbrake. Unluckily, the handbrake had been poorly soldered during repairs to the steering column, and that also broke. But Che miraculously managed to swerve through the cattle without crashing, only to find a rushing river just on the other side of the herd. With nowhere else to go, he swerved up the side of a riverbank where the bike caught in some rocks just before the river's edge. The two men escaped the wreck unharmed. So did the cows, apparently. But the damage to the bike turned out to be irreparable. Even worse, later that night, Che came down with a case of runny doo-doos. <laughs> the Hershey squirts. <laughs> uh, while staying with a mm. kindly German couple. Mm, whoa. I think a newly kindly German couple, probably nearby. Uh, yeah. Uh, this was presumably not Hitler uh, and Avi Braun hiding, but I don't know. It might have been. Might have been Mengele. We don't know. There's a lot of bad Germans around this era. Yeah, I don't think, you know... If a German is living in South America at this time, at a remote lake in Argentina or Chile, yeah, I think it's reasonable to say that they were in some. I mean, I'm not going to make a generalization, but you know, I'm going to give it thirty percent chance. I'm going to give it like fifty percent chance. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like one hundred percent, dude. We're going to add is- your thirty to my fifty. And it's like eighty percent. Yeah, you know? one hundred, dude. Yeah. This is like, this is like Goebbels' cousin here. 
At any rate, Che was ashamed to use the couple's chamber pot. And, ugh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't want to poop in the bucket and leave it for them to find in the morning. He was ashamed. So instead, he did what any normal person would do. And he pooped out of the open window. What? And he wrote about it in his diary. And he said, quote, <laughs> I gave up all of my pain to the night and blackness beyond. <laughs> It was only the next wow. morning that he discovered oh, that the couple had been drying peaches on a tin sheet right below his window. <laughs> <laughs> the motorcycle was wrecked. Oh my god! And he had oh my covered god! This dude. couple's uh, peaches and dookie. And now he's on a shirt that's sold at Hot Topic at Cordova Mall. Uh, dude, those those Germans never forgot that. They never forgot that. They never forgot that. They're like, hey, remember that dude who came here and, and pooped out our window? Yes, we were drying peaches. Why were you drying peaches? They're delicious when they're wet. I, I got to say I can relate here, you know? Um, I was at a party. I'm just saying, like, you're just like, okay, do I, like, roll the dice and, like, blow up this bathroom or do I, like, try to, like, hold it? What happened? Everybody poops, but, like, there's just, like, there's, there's good time. I, I, I did it. And then, like, I feel I got back to, like, the living room, and it looked like someone else was, like, going to get up and go. I was like, oh, no, don't do it. Uh, but then, like, luckily, uh, we started, like, playing a game. So, like, I was safe. The game was Guess Who Blew Up the Bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back with more of this story. But first, a word from our sponsors. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From then on, Che Guevara's famous motorcycle trip became more of a hitchhiking trip, and a boat trip, and a plane trip, and then a raft trip. Based on the Norton motorcycle's performance up to this point, you might think it was an upgrade, but the quality of rides they hitched generally left a lot to be desired. You might be pining for a broken down motorcycle if you found yourself wedged with a dozen others in the back of a Ford Model TT. Model truck. Ford Model T truck. Twin turbo. No, it's not that. No, it's got a 2J. It came out in 1929. You should look it up. <laughs> Guevara didn't catalog the cars they rode in, but most of them were likely American. Ford began selling cars in Argentina in 1913, becoming the first U.S. company to enter the South American market. Interesting. Interesting. Hey, all of a sudden there's like a huge market for guys I used to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> they opened up a factory to assemble Model T's in Buenos Aires several years later. GM built their own factory in 1922, and by the mid-30s, the plant was assembling more than 30,000 vehicles a year. If you'd like to know more about Ford's adventures in South America, check out our episodes on Fordlandia, uh, the factory they tried to build in the middle of the Brazilian rainforest that went super sideways. It was a tire factory, yeah. yes. Local competitors in Argentina were few and far between. Smaller companies didn't have the resources or the technical knowledge to compete with the giants of American capitalism. A theme was starting to emerge in Che's life. Che and Alberto slowly made their way north through Chile with a new goal, to visit the leper colony on Easter Island, a Chilean territory a mere 2,000 miles off the west coast of South America. To help, they leveled up their cover story and got a photo of themselves published in a Chilean newspaper with the title Two Argentine Leprosy Experts Tour Latin America by Motorcycle. Unfortunately, they literally missed the boat for Easter Island. Ships only left once every six months, and they didn't want to wait for the next one. 
but the article helped them find places to stay throughout the rest of the country, despite the fact that they were neither leprosy experts nor did they have a motorcycle. As Guevara himself described it, after La Poderosa died, they were essentially hobos. This required new and ever more inventive ways to find room and board. At one stop, they posed as pro soccer players. At another, they joined the volunteer fire brigade, and Alberto saved a cat from burning. Nice. Why <laughs> <laughs> was that so funny? <laughs> it was the cadence. Yeah. I thought I was going to say from a burning building, but it just says from burning, so I, that tripped me up. <laughs> no, the cat was like about to smoke a joint. Yeah, oh, from burning. That cat doesn't even burn, dude. Yeah, and he was like, uh, hey, man, you're a cat. Yeah, your your precious little lungs can't take it. Yeah, your little dude dong toe can't even flick a bick. <laughs> your dew claw. <laughs> <laughs> they also, uh, Che and Alberto also stowed away on a boat to avoid traveling through the harsh Atacama Desert in northern Chile. But they were discovered halfway through their journey after stealing melons from the ship's cargo hold and dumping the rinds into the water where the captain could see them. Oh, dumbasses. This, I mean, come on. They're rich kids that don't need to be in this position. Like, just buy the melons. Right. And I feel like uh, we were essentially hobos. It's like, yo, dude, you're like Brandon Yuri from Panic at the Disco or something. Like, chill <laughs> out, bro. Like, you're Julian Casablancas, dog. Like... Yeah. You stink because you want to stink. Yeah, it, you're, if you fail, you go back and you're, you're upper middle class in Argentina. Like, there's no stakes to this. Later in the trip, they decided to become their own ship's captains and float away from Peru into Colombia on a hand-built raft called the Mambo Tango. The piranhas didn't get them, nor did the pythons, but they did miss their stop and had to row for seven hours back oh upriver. God. Poor people don't name their vehicles yeah that's true like this you know like this is all like a fun experience i don't <laughs> i don't know i just want to like preface like i don't know a lot about che Guevara. i think he's like a hero to a lot of people at this point in his life he's julian casablancas to me yeah i think you know his reputation has been blown up uh to be this like mythical figure but he did a lot of things you know as well as yeah he killed a lot of civilians with drones <laughs> was that che Guevara? no that was that was obama dude oh i, I was just thinking of guys on shirts <laughs> Guevara even took a job driving a station wagon for one stretch of road despite the fact that he don't he didn't know how to drive a car <laughs> so that's cool uh, after Alberto gave him a quick set of instructions, Che hit the road, and as he described it, quote, every corner was a torment. Break, clutch, first, second, help, mama! But somehow, <laughs> he made the entire drive safely, apart from running over one small pig. Oh my god, dude, f*** that. Just, <laughs> come on. How is a car harder to drive than a motorcycle that's falling apart? I have no idea. It's just different. It's just different, man. You're because it feels like you're like a steamboat operator sometimes, where you're just like all your limbs are moving at the same time, doing different things. Yeah, sometimes when I'm driving a manual car, I think, and like this is like one of the, like the biggest things that kind of like drives me to be part of an automotive media company is you're just driving a mech suit. Like all four of your limbs are being used to control this machine. I think it's so cool. And we forget about it a lot. Mm -hmm. More historically relevant than the things Che did or the vehicles he drove or the roadkill he left behind were the things he saw. He and Alberto were particularly shocked by the subjugation and appalling living conditions of various native peoples, especially as they traveled north of Santiago into the poorest areas of Chile and Peru. One of those places was Chuquicamata which is the world's largest open pit copper mine and one of the primary drivers of Chile's economy. But like the auto industry at the time, the mines were owned by American interests. Nolan and I drove by a bunch of mines in uh, Colorado recently, and 
It is not good for the environment. No. The river is not that color. Orange? No. No, I was like, yeah, it's like orange. Like we're going through. It's like rust. It's literal rust. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine. I mean, people don't want us to get political, but uh, just imagine what fracking does. Like you can't even see that. And it's just exploding chemicals down underneath us into our water. Che met a homeless communist couple who could no longer work as miners because it was the Cold War and communism had been made illegal in Chile. The couple didn't even have a blanket to weather the freezing cold night, and Guevara thought their story was tragic. Later, while touring the mine, Che asked how many men had died in its creation. The manager answered with a, quote, meaningful shrug. Guevara estimated more than 10,000 workers were buried in a cemetery nearby. Sheesh. Sheesh. Uh, When he left Chile, Che's politics were already radicalizing. He could only conclude, quote, the biggest effort Chile should make is to shake its uncomfortable Yankee friend from its back. Hell yeah, dog. Before acknowledging that the task might be, quote, Herculean given the quantity of dollars the United States has invested and the ease with which it flexes its economic muscle whenever its interests appear threatened. From Chile, Che and Alberto traveled into Peru. Che was stunned by the majesty of Machu Picchu, but he also viewed it in sharp contrast to living conditions faced by natives he met, including one dying woman with a treatable heart condition who couldn't afford medicine. They eventually made it to the San Pablo leper colony in Peru, which was the place where they set as their initial goal. They spent several weeks there visiting with the colony's patients and doctors whose suffering and selflessness respectively made a great impact on Che. So did the horrible conditions and lack of medical supplies. Alberto later described Che's farewell to the leper colony as follows. I got the impression that Che was saying goodbye to the institutionalized medicine and becoming a doctor of the people. Pretty much everywhere he went, Guevara saw intense poverty. He saw people who had been failed by their own governments and by the American business interests that dominated the region. But it was that night in Caracas, the final port of their journey that seemed to solidify Che's worldview. Che and Alberto had finally parted company. Alberto left to accept a job at a leper hospital outside of Caracas, while Che was headed home to complete his studies. Having secured a ride back to Buenos Aires on a plane transporting racehorses, Whoa. Oh my god. What a what a place I don't want to be. One hundred percent. Yeah, man. I hope there's anything that doesn't scare these horses like yeah, man. taking like, off or landing. Tunnel. Air horse one. You wanna be Air Horse One? Yeah. <laughs> you wanna be in a, a scary tunnel full of things that can kick you and make you ride the bus to work for the rest of your life? Mm-mm. But with time to kill, he first wandered the streets of Caracas and in time came upon the old drifter. The man foretold Che's death as, quote, a genuine member of the society to be destroyed because, quote, the future belongs to the people and they will take power here and in every country. In his diary, Che reflects that, quote, I know that many times and from many different people, I've heard those same arguments. They've had never made an impression on me. But this time, after nine months of traveling among some of the most subjugated people on the planet, something changed inside of him. I now knew, he writes, I knew that when the great guided spirit cleaves humanity into two antagonistic halves, I would be with the people. That's a cool quote. I'm voting Republican <laughs> now. Because <laughs> of taxes. <laughs> JK, I'm not. Anyway. But it turned out that first he had to hang out with some capitalist pigs. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I want a BMW. <laughs> in a great cosmic irony, the horse plane that he had caught a ride with had engine problems at a stopover in Miami, which left Guevara stranded in America for three weeks. He stayed with a cousin of Chichina, the girl who had broke his heart 
and worked as a house cleaner until he got fired for leaving the place, quote, dirtier than before. Guevara eventually completed his medical degree, then made his way back to Guatemala, where he watched the country's democratically elected government fall in a CIA-sponsored military coup. Somehow even further disillusioned, he traveled to Mexico City, where he met Raul Castro and his older brother Fidel. He eventually joined their cause as a medic and then became the guerrilla fighter and beloved t-shirt logo we know today. Che Guevara has a complicated legacy, to say the least. Some view him as a hero who fought for justice and equality, and others only see a violent extremist with blood on his hands. Nelson Mandela thought he was, quote, an inspiration, and exiled Cubans call him, quote, a man full of hatred. Whoever he was, the road trips through South America played an irrefutable role in creating him. He later said that through these travels, he saw, quote, stupefaction provoked by continual hunger and punishment, which ultimately convinced him that revolution would help people more than medicine. And that's the power of the open road. Hell yeah, Route 66, baby. But still, can't help but to wonder how different our world might be today if Che Guevara had had a nicer motorcycle. Maybe he wouldn't have hated capitalism so much if he had a Ducati 916. Or if... A hog. Yeah, or like a Harley Sportster 883, dude. Maybe if he had a saddle for his dog, that dog wouldn't have <laughs> it everywhere. Then Chichina wouldn't have broken up with him. Yeah. And then who knows? Maybe Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, you know, <laughs> what would happen to Cuba? Dogs, man. I think basically we can all just agree that uh, Anderson Cooper is a CIA op. Um, yeah, you keep saying that, you know. Does he? Uh, AOC is a CIA op. <laughs> and, you know, like everything's bullshit and like we don't have any control over it. So I'm just going to vote for the PR firm that I get to vote for and I'll be dead in 20 years. So I'm going to secure that bag for my family. <laughs> and Great. At all, man. Cool. Really good. Nihilist really, party, baby. Yeah, really cool. <laughs> I'll do some philanthropy, mm-hmm. but uh, Melinda Gates really has it figured out and everything. <laughs> so glad I work for you, James. Uh, I'll see you next time. <laughs> I take care of you. You're my family. I'm securing the bag for you. I'm making Thank sure you. you get paid. Thank. But like, wait, Nolan's in your will. In my oh. will? You think I have a will? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't everyone work on their will in their free time? Do you have a will, Joe? Is that what you're telling us? I mean, it's a working Joe, will. Joe, can I be in your will? Uh, we'll see how this next week goes. <laughs> okay. Well, this is cool. <laughs> I've always wanted to be part of like a manipulative uh East Coast family, so this is very fun, Joe. Do you know who's um, drafting my will? No. Will I am. Damn, that's a good one. Yeah, he's my ghostwriter too. I have the um, three of the writers from Secession. Wow. Drafting my will, yeah. Dang, is that why it's taking so long for season three to come out? It's because they've been working on your will. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> they've been working on my finances. Man, tell them to just work harder. Yeah, it's like, they're like, we don't know how to do this. You don't make that much money. (laughs) We're comedy writers, essentially. I'm like, no. I'll spend all of it for you guys. Nolan, who's writing your will? Me. It's more of an autobiography. (laughs) Don't know what a will is, do you? (laughs) I know what a will is. It says who gets to have my PS3, you know? (laughs) i know you're all expecting for me to divvy up my belongings but this is a letter of all who have wronged me yeah that's right (laughs) so this was an episode about a really depressing road trip that a rich kid took and changed his worldview and regardless of what you think about anything else he did afterwards i think that we can all afford to open ourselves up to things that we are outside of our comfort zone exactly and like we can you know potentially uh grow from it yeah and i'd like to i'd like to think that like we can all like kind of like throw it all away potentially and 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 try and make a difference yes i mean zach redpath is doing that yeah zach redpath one of our uh highest level producers is moving to paris 
next week. Just because, because he wants to live life, and that, I think that's so yeah. cool. So, join us next week on Pass Gas. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, follow James at James Pumphrey. Follow Joe at Joe G Weber. Follow me at Nolan J Sykes. Leave a review. Tell a friend about the show. Help us grow. Uh, subscribe so you're always in the know. And uh, all right, yeah. Hey, should we do more road trip episodes? What historical road trips do you want us to talk about? If you have one, let us know by emailing passgas at donutmedia.com. Be kind. I love you. See you next week. And uh, viva la revolucion. And also, wink wink nation, come at me. <laughs> Hey, seriously, you don't want to invoke the wrath of Wink Wink Nation. I'm just being straight with you right now. I am the McCarthy of Wink Wink Nation. Come get me. You don't want to bring this on, I'm telling you. I want all of it, dude. I want all (laughs) of it. I hate the Wink Wink Nation. All right. Stand down, Wink Wink Nation. This is, he's being (laughs) facetious. Don't dox me. list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.